This is Dennis Reekin, and welcome to the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is proud to support the outstanding high school basketball played throughout central Illinois. Buckle up for a fast 60 minutes with News Gazette Media's Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Hi everyone, Jim Rosso here, Colin Likas, Evan Kahn, Tamara McDaniel. We're talking fast because we have so much to get through in this <laughs> hour, all right? we're And here's the big thing, Colin Likas. Go ahead. Girls basketball playoffs are underway. Yep, 6 o'clock tip-offs tonight for several area teams. Uh, Class 1A and 2A regional quarterfinals tonight. Mm. A lot of sites will be having two games, 6 and 7.30. So, yeah, as we're talking, there will be games going on. All right, if you're at St. Joe tonight, look for Robin Scholes. She's our photo editor. She's been snapping away. There'll be a big lead photo in tomorrow's sports section, too. Excellent. So she'll be there for both games, and uh, she'll be kept busy all week long. Yeah, St. Joe is easily the closest region in our area for small school basketball actually for big school too uh so yeah we'll be sure to to hit that one hard it's going to be probably the most competitive regional or at least one of the most competitive regionals in our area as well all right we're here till seven o'clock uh, leading up to the brad underwood show at papa dell's uh we have unity girls players mm-hmm. in our lobby as i speak getting warmed up for the big show <laughs> yes getting getting prepared stretching getting the, getting the vocal cords ready things like that but yeah we also have uh we have guests from bismarck henning rossville Alvin as well from their girls basketball program. Mike Stevens is the head coach of that team and Bismarck is on quite a run here of late. They are entering the Class 2A postseason on a nine game win streak. They will open up on Wednesday against either Monticello or Maroa Forsyth at the Maroa Forsyth Regional. So I'm glad to be joined now by a pair of players who will compete in that semifinal game. Emily Mydell and Sierra Bryant. Girls, thank you so much for joining our show tonight night and Emily I will levy the first question to you I mean it seems like you guys are clicking on all cylinders right now a good win over St. Joe Ogden recently a good win over Milford recently how confident are you guys feeling right now Emily going into the postseason well for sure it's definitely been um, a good winning streak that we've been on and we've played some tough teams and toward the end of the season we've really just wanted to keep playing our best basketball and so yeah we're working this week to face some pretty tough teams and hopefully keep that winning streak going. And uh, Emily, uh, like you said, you guys have played a pretty good schedule throughout this season. Uh, last loss was by uh, just five points to, to a good Schlarman team. That was all the way back on January 16th, so we're talking almost a month ago. Uh, whether it was during this win streak or some other time in the season, do you feel like there was one specific game where you guys really started to hit your stride? I feel like we played pretty well um against Benton Central in our Christmas tournament. Uh, we knew they were a really tough team, like ranked high in the state. So I feel like that was kind of one of our breakout games for us. Okay. Well, Sierra, I'll turn it over to you here. Uh, during this nine-game win streak that's going on right now, you guys will try to extend it to 10 on Wednesday. Sierra, in your mind, what has been the key to you guys uh, piling up these wins over the last uh, almost month? Uh, I'd say practice. We worked really hard as a team to try and better ourselves. So, um, and we we communicate well too. So, I think being together and going through practice together really helps. Sure. And I know we we talk uh, about Emily's exploits a lot when it comes to scoring. But Sierra, you've uh, offered a really good secondary scoring option, uh, especially down in the paint this year. How how have you felt about the way you've developed, and how have you been able to to become such a scoring threat for this uh, Bismarck team? 
Um, I've been uh, I've been really practicing hard and trying to build up my confidence on the offensive side because um, I've always felt stronger on the defense, but I knew this year with Annie and Hunter leaving that we'd have to pick it all up. So um, I've yeah just really tried to step out of my box and shoot shoot when I'm open and help my team out as much as possible. Sure, sure. Emily, I'll throw it back to you now. You guys have uh, one of the more veteran coaches in our area, uh, Mike Stevens, and he's uh, had some great mm-hmm. success over there at Bismarck. Tell me what it's like playing f- uh, under uh, Coach Stevens and what he does to help you guys uh, get to where you are right now. Uh, we love Coach Stevens. We always have. Um, he's an awesome guy, an awesome coach. But um, really, I think his um, focus on defense has really helped us. You know, we drill that and practice really hard, and that's what has helped us be a successful team is our defense. So Sure. And Sierra, just uh, the team atmosphere as well. I mean, uh, anytime I, I talk to Coach Stevens or I talk to, to somebody over there, I mean, it seems like you guys are just a well-oiled machine. There's no infighting. There's no struggle of any kind, it feels like. Uh, what's What are practices like? What are uh, in-game atmospheres like for you guys? How are you guys able to click so well together? Uh, I'd say we all just, we all get along very well. We, uh, we're very close-knit. We joke around. We have fun. But we know that when it's time to get serious, we can be serious together. But when it's time to joke around, we can have fun and just enjoy each other's company. Talking with two members of the Bismarck-Henning-Rossville-Alvin girls basketball team, Emily Mydell and Sierra Bryant. Uh, Emily, we're, we're talking postseason a lot here. You guys are opening up on Wednesday. You have a number one seed in your subsectional. Were you? I mean, it was a pretty loaded subsectional that you guys got placed in. I mean, it really could have, that one seed could have gone to a couple different teams probably. Were you guys uh, surprised, just really happy with the one seed? What were your guys' thoughts when you saw that you got that one seed? Well, we're definitely super excited for sure but yeah I didn't I saw that the one seed could have gone to many different teams you know but so we're super excited that we got it but we're going to try to go out there and prove ourselves now absolutely and Sierra how do you guys not let something like that get to your heads or how do you not let that uh, uh, overwhelm you I guess because that one seed can come with a lot of pressure and some teams struggle with it how, how do you guys make sure that you won't be one of those teams that struggles to play with a number one seed um, we'll probably just try and think of the game just like any other game because when you start thinking about it too much, it really gets your nerves up. And so um, we're just going to try and keep calm and get in there and practice hard and then prepare for the game on Wednesday. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, Emily, you guys are going to be in Maroa uh, starting on Wednesday night against Monticello or host Maroa Forsyth. That's a good little trip for you guys, and I mean, there are some other teams in that same regional who are also making a pretty good long trip. But uh, just knowing mm-hmm. that you guys are going to have to make that trip on Wednesday, you might have to make it again on Friday. Does that uh, change your guys' preparation in any way? Um, not really. Nope. We'll get get there plenty early, so we have time to you know, get stretched out and warmed up for the game, but we're excited to go. And yeah, and uh, Emily, what uh, what what is having that number one seed, having that bye through the quarterfinal round that starts tonight? What does that do to potentially help you guys? Just knowing that uh, your your first opponent has to play one more game coming in, what does that do to help you guys? Uh, that for sure benefits us. Um, we got to practice tonight, and then you know we're not quite as tired as probably the other teams will be on Wednesday and also we didn't have to make an hour and a half trip over there so 
that was nice too. Sure. And Sierra, I mean, uh, I'm sure your coaches will be scouting the, tonight's game between Monticello and Maroa Forsyth. Uh, how do you guys, with, with such a quick turnaround, I guess, so, so little time to kind of prepare for one of those two teams, how do you guys turn it around so quickly and make sure you are well prepared for whoever you guys will be playing on Wednesday? Um, we'll drill over it tomorrow in practice and go over their plays so that we can understand what they're doing to combat their plays. Sure. And, I mean, is there any preference, really, of opponent? I mean, I know Monticello has the better seed, but Maroa is obviously the home team. Do you guys talk about preference at all, or is it really just you're going to take whatever comes? We're going to just take whoever comes at us. We know they're both solid teams, and we're going to be ready for whoever we get to play. Sure. And uh, Emily, uh, I'll give you one more question here. Also, on the other side of this region, you got uh, Unity, you got uh, Oakwood, and you got Westville. I mean, just uh, you've seen all three of those teams this year. Does, uh, regardless of who you might have to play on Friday, should you guys win on Wednesday, does it help having seen all three of those teams at some point during the season? Yeah, it helps both, both of us, I feel like. They'll know a lot about us, and we'll know a lot about them, so... It'll just be whoever can finish in that 32 minutes. And Sierra uh, trying to win a regional title here at the very least. What would that mean to this group if you're able to get that done? It would be it would be awesome. We uh, won one. We won one. We yeah. won one last year, mm-hmm. and so for us to go out on our senior year with that, I think it would be awesome, and it'd be a great like memory to have in high school. Very good. Senior Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin girls basketball players Emily Mydell and Sierra Bryant girls, thank you again and good luck this this week with your games. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Bismarck uh, got some good momentum heading into the postseason by winning the Vermilion County Tournament, finally knocking off Oakwood, fourth consecutive year that those two teams met in the championship game. There is a chance they can meet for a regional championship as well, but uh, some of the girls who are in our lobby right now would have something to say about that because Unity could have to play Oakwood in the semifinal. That'd be great. They all checked in on Snapchat, and here's the big thing. Coach Eller is kind of an old-school guy, right? Yeah. He snapped me too. Nice. So that's uh, that's a good sign that uh, coaches. Uh, it's getting with through. his kids. Yeah, it's, it's getting through. I like it. Well, uh, well, how about we take our first break here? When we come back, we'll bring in those Unity Girls basketball players. Stick with this Class Two Amaroa Forsyth Regional. Uh, later on in the show, we're also going to hear from Muhammad Seymour boys coach Ryan Bosch. So stay tuned for all of that. Now, back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. It's 6.13. We are back on the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. I am Colin Likas. We just talked with a couple of Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin girls basketball players. They have the number one seed in the Class 2A Maroa Forsyth Regional that starts tonight over in Maroa. As a matter of fact, Monticello and Maroa Forsyth are playing each other right now in a quarterfinal game. Uh, the second quarterfinal game later tonight is between Oakwood and Westville, and the winner of that game will go on to play fourth-seeded Tolono Unity in the regional semifinal, and I'm glad to be joined now by three members of the Unity Girls basketball roster. we got uh, Chloe Reed, Elise Knudsen, and Taylor Henry. Girls, thank you for joining me tonight. And uh, Chloe, since you're sitting across, straight across from me, uh, we'll start off with you. Uh, getting that four seed in the playoffs, I mean, I know you guys have a pretty battle-tested season. Uh, how did you feel about that four seed? What have the conversations been like around uh, what draw you got in the playoffs? Uh, it's pretty exciting compared to last year with not as well with chemistry as a team. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're all a lot more 
like I don't know I feel like we all just connect a lot better Mm -hmm. and it makes us play better and so I think we've all been pretty excited about it. Okay, okay. Uh, at least you guys are in a pretty loaded subsectional as well, not just the regional with with Bismarck and Oakwood and the like, but also, you know, on the other side, St. Joe and Villa Grove and teams like that. Uh, how do you guys feel about where just, just the, the whole draw in general? I mean, what it's, what it's going to take to possibly come out of this regional and this sectional? Um, I'd say we feel pretty well, um, considering we have played, you know, most of the teams in our subsectional as well as in our regional. Um, and we've been evenly drawn, you know, between wins and losses. Considering we've kind of played, you know, at least Villa Grove twice already, mm-hmm. St. Joe once. So, you know, I think it's it's still a test, but I think we're prepared. Okay. And uh, Taylor, you guys are coming in on a high note. You beat Chillicothe IVC on Saturday after that loss to Mount Zion before. You guys have won three of your last four coming in here. What is the confidence like among this group right now, knowing you're coming in off a win, knowing you can get that first round bye? Um, it makes us feel very confident in ourselves, and I know if even if we did end up losing to IVC or coming in with a loss, we would all pick each other up because we have very good chemistry on our team. We're always there for each other. Sure, sure. Chloe, uh, talking about your role on the team, it seems like you've, you've been a good secondary scorer for this group. I notice you're, you're the number two scorer a lot of the nights. How have you developed into that role, and how are you feeling about the way you've contributed to this team's success this year? Um, I think I have contributed pretty decent amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Elise just can't be the only person that needs to score <laughs> and that I have to shoot. And then if it goes in, then it does. But if not, then just have to keep shooting and hope other people start to shoot too. Sure. And Elise, I know we've talked about it personally, but for the folks who maybe didn't read the article in last Tuesday's News Gazette, passing uh, Brian Cardinal for the all-time unity scoring uh, lead, just how have you felt about your contributions this season? I mean, obviously that's a pretty uh, monumental achievement there, scoring over 1,800 career points, but just how have you felt about the way you've played in your senior year? Um, I feel great. I think definitely I've proved my point um, in the area and people you know know my role not just in softball but basketball Mm -hmm. now and how important that sport is to me as well but um breaking the record has definitely you know took a weight off my shoulders and focusing in on the postseason you know it's allowed me to you know tone focus in on the games we have coming up um that are the most important Sure. And Taylor, I know you can uh, put the ball in the basket as well, but uh, by by the stats I've seen, it seems like you grab quite a few rebounds, like you're a leading rebounder (laughs) for this team. uh, Would you agree with that? How have you developed into that role, grabbing rebounds for this group? Um, Yeah, I rebound quite a lot. (laughs) Honestly, I used to, when we we were younger, I played with a bunch of guys, and Mm -hmm. I always played against my dad when we were growing up, and we would be like outside all of our like family members and I've just learned from like boys is that I need to box out Mm -hmm. so that's how I really rebound. (laughs) Nice nice talking with three members of the Unity Girls basketball team Chloe Reed, Elise Knudsen and Taylor Henry. Uh, Chloe we've got coach uh, Dave Ehlers in here with us Uh, not on not on microphone but he's in here but uh, just playing for him I know he's been at Unity for a couple years now what has it been like with his uh, leadership style and what he does to help you guys win? I really like his coaching because he doesn't just focus on more like play favorites, I guess. And if you need help with something, you can come to him and he knows that if you need help, then he'll come to you and get the help that you need for it. Sure, sure. And Elise, I mean, Chloe was talking about the the chemistry really seems to have come together with this group this year. What what has that been like building that chemistry? How have you guys been able to, to come together so well during practices, during games, things like that? 
Um, it's been great, um, and I honestly don't want it to end. But hmm. I think what the where the chemistry comes from is you know a lot of us are play three sports two sports so when we're not playing basketball we go right into softball season we're playing together and that's how you know those relationships form and then they go on to the next season and I think that's what's really helped us as a majority of these girls you know I played softball with and with our run last season I think it's helped this season in basketball for sure and Taylor yeah I see you nodding your head I know you're a softball player as well uh what what is the Playing other sports, I guess, do to help you guys on the basketball court. How do you feel like playing uh, those other sports helps you guys out? Well, it really does help us out because not only do I like, like our point guard, Maddie Reed, I play volleyball and softball and basketball with her. Mm-hmm. Like I see, we go from each practice together. We're always together. And it's really created a bo- bond with each other because like I know she has my back, like all of these girls, like Chloe, I talk to all the time now mm-hmm. because of basketball season it's really a good like playing multiple sports with all these girls has created a great bond and great chemistry to play sports sure, with them sure and chloe i was just talking with the bismarck girls about their tough schedule i mean looking at your guys's schedule this year you guys played paxton you played paris urbana villa grove st joe uh tuscola you guys have played all the all these good teams i mean just is there any one game from this year that you feel like you guys really broke out in or you feel like was a, the most helpful game to to what you guys have done this year I think definitely playing against St. Joe because it's our biggest rival mm-hmm. and I've never beat them in all the time that I've played <laughs> basketball. So beating them this year was just a really big thing to do. Sure. And the leash uh, kind of leads into my next question, that Illini Prairie Conference. I mean, that was a, a gauntlet this year. I know Bloomington Central Catholic kind of uh, kind of went away with the, with the lead, but everybody else, it seemed like anybody could win on a given night. How much did that conference prepare you guys for what's to come in the postseason? It's prepared us tremendously and not only conference I mean we're still facing you know PBL Villa Grove um, tough teams in our area so to be able to compete with not only people in our conference but as well as the teams outside of our conference you know it definitely helps Um, but yeah competing in the Illini Prairie is something that is very very difficult and it's hard to get that top spot so um, we've I think we competed very well and Taylor, I mean, uh, this this stretch at the end of the regular season where you, you played PBL to a one-point win, you lost to Pontiac in OT, and then you beat Illini Central in OT, and then you had a close game with Monticello after that. I mean, just all these close games right at the end of the regular season. How much did that also maybe help get you guys ready for this win-or-go-home mentality you're going to have to have? Well, I think it kind of just showed us that, like, any game, anyone can win. Mm-hmm. Like, we always have to play our hardest and the best, like, we can put everything out there on the court because we never will know when we could win or lose, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, it's anyone's game because the people we play and the teams we play are really hard, honestly, and they're all comparable. Like, anyone could, like, Rantoul could go into and win against BCC. Like, mm-hmm. we're all comparable. Sure. Now, uh, Chloe, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Class 2A Moreau Forsyth Regional, a good little distance trip for you guys, but at least you only have to make it uh, two times maximum. How much does it help knowing that uh, whoever you guys are going to play uh, in the second round will have already played a game and you guys will be a little better rested? I think it's definitely going to help because they will obviously be more tired than us, and I feel like we'll have more energy and... I think we're just going to be ready to win sure. and go on to the next round. Sure. And Elise, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give you the kind of loaded question, I guess, <laughs> if there's any preference between Oakwood or Westville. I mean, uh, uh, do you guys really look at that at all, or are you just going in there with a the mindset of we're just going to play whoever shows up? 
um, we want to we want to play Oakwood. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely who we've been preparing for, mm-hmm. um, preparing for them, and you know Caitlin Young, who I have competed with, competed against. Um, she's a player for sure. So our focus is you know shutting down her and what else comes with it. So that's been our main focus, and that's definitely who we want to face. Sure, sure. And then if you guys, uh, Taylor, if you guys uh, defeat Oakwood or Westville in the in the semifinals, you would have to play maybe Bismarck in the final, maybe Monticello or Maroa. But uh, regardless, uh, winning a regional title, what would it mean to this group? I know that's like one of Elisa's goals is to win a regional title. And with it being her last year, my like – big goal is to get her original title and all the seniors honestly because I've been here like a bounder for all of them just doing what I have to do to get her the ball and it would be it would be amazing if we could win a regional title it would honestly show us like that we compete with anyone if we wanted to very good chloe reed elise knudsen and taylor henry unity girls basketball thank you girls again for coming out tonight and uh, being on the show and it is 6:24 now in downtown champaign we're going to take another break when we come back we are going to talk with muhammad seymour boys coach ryan bosch so come on back for that the dick van dyke appliance world high school prep basketball confidential continues with colin and jim on news talk 1400 wdws and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. 627. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential. Jim Rosso, Colin Likas. Getting ready to talk to uh, Muhammad's Ryan Bosch. They're playing as, be- as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the boys like seen a hundred percent. Yeah, they. Uh, All right. They. Uh, it was tough for them to, to get above five hundred and stay there, but now they're they're rolling five games above five hundred. So yeah, looking forward to talking to to Ryan about how his team's yeah, doing. I think they have Urbana this week, if I'm not mistaken. They do on uh, Tuesday. That'll be a good game. Hey, uh, how about this? All right, we know we love our high school teams. Yep. But over the weekend, a couple seventh grade boys basketball teams turned some heads. And on Thursday night, they will play for IESA State Championships. Excellent. How about that? So, St. Joseph, seventh graders, Mm -hmm. all right, and the Prairie View. The Royal Prairie View Ogden? Prairie View Ogden. The RPO. The small school from – and those parents out there who have followed their children in junior high sports, Mm -hmm. me being one of them, love their gym in Flatville. Oh, yeah. You got a big church to the east and then a beautiful school to the west. And they're also going to play for the Class 1A state title. In fact, Bob Osmussen is going to pay them a visit on Wednesday. Awesome. Very cool. To Thank, tell their thanks, cool, Bob. <laughs> tell their cool story ahead of Thursday's game. You know, they're at that level, they have the fire trucks and the police escorts in and out of town and the pep rallies. Uh, just neat to see. Well, uh, before we talk to, to Ryan, uh, just I get, I get tweets from coaches, from okay. ADs, from principals. Just got a tweet, just showed up on my phone while you were talking there from the 1A or 2A St. Joe Regional. Tuscola leading Clinton 19 to 10 at halftime. That's Mm. a low scoring game right there. It's a defensive game. I see a a Clinton guy over here, but I see a Tuscola jersey. So I got to go with Tuscola just simply because they gave us jerseys for the show. Tuscola beat Clinton in, it it took overtime though in the Central Illinois Conference Tournament. So that was going to be a good matchup. Tell Coach Bosch that we need, it's not too late to get the Muhammad jersey. I I just need, it's it's not like football where I can just stack up the helmets. I need like a a stand of some kind or a a clothesline. I need a clothesline. (laughs) That's what I need. I need a clothesline for all these jerseys. Let's talk to Ryan Bosch now though, Muhammad Seymour boys basketball coach in his second year leading this program 
program, and they're on a, a roll of late. They've won four in a row as well, of, as well as six of seven. Ryan, thank you so much for being part of our show tonight. Happy to be here, guys. Well, uh, you guys, uh, after that loss to a really good Lincoln team, you guys have uh, rattled off four in a row, as I said. Uh, big one against Normal Community, another big one, high-scoring one against Effingham over the weekend. Uh, how have these guys uh, been able to, to really find their footing over these last four games? Well, you know, I, I, I would say the, the biggest thing for us has been a really balanced attack. I mean, um, obviously, Grant Coleman attracts a lot of attention for mm-hmm. us um, each night. Uh, but but we've had guys step up and uh, take, you know, what the defense gives them when they key in on Grant there. And it's been nice to see kind of a, a well-rounded team effort, whether it's um, Luke Kohler, uh, our, our big sophomore down at Mount Zion, or Braden Finch consistently. Eli Warren's had a couple big games for us. It's just been uh, a different guy sort of each night. Uh, Grant probably leads the charge. Uh, scoring the basketball, but guys make plays, you know, sort of um, throughout this stretch to to really make us a complete team. Yeah, and that latest game was an 89 to 81 win at home over Effingham on Saturday night. I mean, you guys are typically in the the high 50s, low 60s as far as the scoring output. Yeah. But uh, what, what what was going on in that game? Why were the offenses uh, going so wild that game? <laughs> Yeah, you know, you'd asked me that question. I was going to key in on our defensive effort, how good it was, but I knew I knew I couldn't do that after we had allowed 81 in the last game. Um, you know, kind of a unique situation there. We had uh, done a really nice job um, scoring the basketball. We, we, we were almost at uh, 50 at halftime, and we had guarded pretty well, but, but Effingham's got a, a junior on their team, Parker Wolf, and, and he just kind of put on a clinic mm-hmm against us um, down the stretch there and, and had 30 in the second half and really became the, the key to their offense. We just we had a hard time slowing him down and, and probably uh, from a coach's perspective, we probably didn't make enough adjustments uh, down the stretch. But, um, you know, it was one of those deals where you kind of tip your hat to the kid. Yeah, I mean, he gave kind of an out-of-body experience there. And uh, <laughs> uh, you're lucky that, that you were able to score – uh, enough baskets after you had the lead there uh, to kind of keep pace with him, but but it was tough. I I had a hard time swallowing the fact that we'd given up 81. That's not easy for me. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, uh, it's uh, got to help that you guys are, are winning some close games now as well. Uh, that one point went over Dunlap earlier in January. Uh, two yeah. point went over Bloomington. I mean, early in the season, the story was your guys were just falling just a little bit short in those close games against Belleville Altoff and against Normal Uhi and North Lawndale and Crete yeah. Moniz. So, how nice has it been to see these guys start to to get theirs in the uh, the close games? Oh, it's it's been awesome. I've been really pleased. You know, uh, sometimes it's just the the bounce of the ball and and your luck, and um, uh, sometimes you got to make your luck. We talked to them after the the loss at U High on the buzzer beater at home. We talked to them about that being a game we were going to refer back to throughout the year, and it was going to be you know a significant game for us one way or the other. And it's been really nice to be able to to be on the other side of that and uh, to win some really close games late and make some, some big plays. And so, um, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where we play a tough schedule um, night in and night out. You, you find yourself in really competitive and close games, and uh, it comes down to a play here and a play there, and our guys have been, uh, have been locked in here for the last few weeks. 
Talking with Muhammad Seymour, boys basketball coach Ryan Bosch. Uh, Ryan, you were mentioning uh, names of some of your guys. We definitely have to to start any conversation. I feel like with with Grant, just because he's a he's a Division One commit to Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and I mean, like you said, he draws a ton of attention on the court. But just what have you seen from him in his senior year that's made him uh, so special? I guess. Well, you know, there's there's a lot there. The the first thing I'd say is how well-rounded his game has become. Um, he, he's not reliant on the outside shot. He, he takes guys around the basket as need be. He's been dominant at times on the glass, on the, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, but also his passing and how much he empowers his teammates with that um, have been really key in getting some other guys going for us, especially early. Um, he's just, he's just become a really well-rounded player and, um, you know, the scouting report, he's always at the top of it, but it gets a little bit trickier to guard him uh, when he can sort of shine a light on um, other things that the defense has to give up when all the attention's on him. And you, uh, you've you told me in, uh, in emails uh, when you're sending him box scores about guys like Cole Lehner and like uh, Braden Finch uh, who are impacting the game in, in ways that aren't always just putting the ball into the bucket. Tell me a little bit more about yeah. what those two guys have done to impact the games in a positive way, like you've said, without scoring. Well, you know, Cole is your typical play, uh, coach's player where he doesn't take a ton of shots for us necessarily on a given night. Um, but just stuffs the stat sheet in every way. He's typically got the hardest assignment defensively in the backcourt for us. Um, and just the, the amount of, of times where he makes kind of a clutch senior play for us, whether it's uh, the assist, um, you know, to win the game or, or a key rebound in traffic. Like, he, he does a lot of things. And, and um, you know, the stat lines, everybody – their eyes go right to the points scored in a game, but mm-hmm. but he and Braden Finch is in, in the same way. Where Braden earlier in the season, you know, um, he was only a scorer. Like if he was contributing to the team, it was because he's putting the ball in the basket. But he's just grown and become so well rounded now that he affects the game in other ways. Both of them, particularly on the defensive end, have uh, have really sparked a lot of this this stuff for us here recently, where we've gotten on this run. So. And you talked about Luke Kohler as well, just a sophomore, but he's starting to find the score sheet with some regularity. Another another six seven kid to go along with Grant at six seven. Uh, what 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 does Luke bring to the table uh, as far as uh, how he puts the ball into the basket? Yeah, I mean Luke's a kid who we definitely had high hopes for in the summer. He had a a shoulder injury sideline him, so he was not available for much of the start of our season. Didn't really play until after Christmas. Um, but like you said, at six seven, uh, you get him and Grant on the floor together, and it really becomes a, an interesting dynamic to see how teams, you know, choose to guard us. And the two of them play really well off of each other. Um, he's an energy guy. He's a he's a kid who's really sort of gotten comfortable as we've gone on here with his role in terms of um, you know what we're asking him to do on a night in and night out basis. And he's got a really high ceiling. I mean, um, you know, you can't really. Uh, hide him he kind of jumps off the, the the screen when you watch him on film and uh, he's just done a really good job of buying in and doing what we've asked him he, his coachability has been been through the roof 
Well, uh, you guys have Urbana up next, as Jim mentioned before, and you guys are very familiar with Big 12 Conference teams. You played Centennial, you played Danville, you played Normal West, you played Normal Community, you played Bloomington. You got another game against Normal West still later on. Uh, Urbana, I know, has yeah. had a very strong year. I saw him on Friday, and uh, I'm sure this is going to be a pretty pretty good matchup for your guys. Uh, what are your expectations for that game, and what does it take to, to come out of it with a win? Well, it's, it's going to take a full team effort, I mean, Coach Jones at Urbana does a great job. They're they're obviously playing really really well, and they they play about as tough a schedule as anybody. Um, so they're going to be as road tested as we are. Um, you know, my big thing with Urbana is is can you slow them down in the open court? They become really electric. Obviously, with like Tatum and Young, and then and then Cross is so skilled. Um, they've got three guys that'll just like pick you apart. And so it's going to be a, a big key for us, our defensive effort, um, how much we can slow them down and make it a half-court game, and, and who's going to dictate the pace uh, of play. So I would prefer to not have another game in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> that probably suits Urbana a little bit better than it suits us, but um, you, you know that'll, that'll sort of be, in my mind, the, the key factor heading into this thing. Ryan Bosher, Mohamed Seymour, boys basketball coach. Ryan, thanks again for giving us some time tonight, and good luck to your boys here moving forward. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, and uh, Ryan's not not joking when he talks about uh, higher-paced offensive game favoring Urbana, considering they put up 101 on Rantoul last week. So uh, that team knows how to score the basketball. And, uh, again, really looking forward to that matchup. All right, I say this every week, Colin, but I'm really looking forward to that regional. Uh, don't know how that's mm-hmm. going to shake out yet, right. but uh, all these teams with similar records and mm-hmm. similar performances, it will be uh, quite an exciting week. Yeah, your Centennial and Central, and I mean Danville, mm-hmm. when not at full strength, is yep. kind of in that group instead of above it. And Muhammad and Urbana, yeah, it's going to be an absolute right. barn burner and looking forward to it. But, you know, we're also looking forward to, to these girls' basketball playoffs we've been talking about all night long. Games going on right now. Our top ten team when I lo- top ten teams when I look at it, only one of them is playing tonight. Okay, well that's what you get when you're good, right? Yeah. You get like a night off, it's yeah. like a first round bye. And the one team that is playing tonight, it's a pretty unique situation. Okay. We'll get to it here in a moment, but what? we got to start at the bottom, right? Well, fire away with your top ten, which will yeah. be in print. It may be different, but it will be in print later this week. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, this top ten is exactly the same as the one that appeared in Friday's News Gazette, simply because there have only been two games played among our top ten teams since then. Uh, Schlarman played a game on Friday that got postponed from Thursday, and then Unity, which we had on earlier, uh, played a game on Saturday. So that's really all there was to update, and both of those were wins. But our number 10 team, still at number 10 this week, the Watsika Warriors. Wow! 21-8 and are the Warriors. They beat Dwight in their last outing late last week. They're going to face either Hoopston area or Kankakee Bishop McNamara in the Class 2A Hoopston Regional Semifinals. Our number nine team this week is the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans. Wow! Spartans are 19-10. and 10. They are on a four-game losing streak entering the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to, uh, actually I already have, written a story about that that will be in Tuesday's News Gazette. It will be alongside a photo from the regional tonight, which St. Joe's not playing in because they have a two-seed. Uh, they got all the get get got to get all the losing out before you get to the playoffs. So I guess that's the way you're you're looking at it right now. Or lose after the seedings are out. Yeah, so there you go. Exactly. You. <laughs> They've had a really tough uh, last few weeks though on the schedule. Have the Spartans. Uh, they will face either Tuscola or Clinton in the Class Two A St. Joe Ogden Regional Semifinals. Our number eight team, the Paxton Buckley Loto Panthers. Wow. 
Panthers are 21 and 8. They are on a three game win streak entering the playoffs. They'll face, face either El Paso, Gridley, or Flanagan Cornell in a Class 2A Pontiac Regional Quarter or semifinal. Our number seven team, the Unity Rockets. Wow. Unity is 20-9, and nine, beat Chillicothe IVC on Saturday to reach the 20-win plateau. Unity is going to face either Oakwood or Westville in the Class 2A Maroa Forsyth Regional Semifinals. And uh, Elise Knudsen telling us Unity wants Oakwood, so we'll see if that happens. All right. Our number six team this week, the Unique Case team, the Schlarman Hilltoppers. Wow! Schlarman is 16-6 and six on an 11-game win streak after beating Georgetown Ridge Farm. And uh, guess what? Schlarman faces Georgetown Ridge Farm tonight in a regional semifinal. Uh, yeah, Schlarman got a six seed uh, because I don't think the, the, the seeding committee really knew what to do with them because they Schlarman played such a, a tough schedule before uh, before this win streak. And uh, they still had some tough opponents during the win streak, Bismarck and Oakwood, to name a few. But yeah, uh, Schlarman had some, some tough losses to some really good competition early, I think, hampered their seeding. But they're definitely out to try and prove they can hang in Class 2A. Can I root for the Buffaloes tonight? Sure. They haven't won a game. That's right. So I, I have to pull for the end. Yeah, they, uh, they played Chrisman on Friday, single-digit loss. It was the closest. That was their chance. That man. was the closest they, they've gotten All this right. year. If they pulled an upset against uh, Schlarman, that would be a pretty significant one for Georgetown. Our number five team this week, the Prairie Central Hawks. Wow. Hawks are 26-5, and five, tied for the area lead in wins at 26. Prairie Central has won its last five games and will face either Hersher or Clifton Central in the Class 2A Hoopston Area Regional Semifinals. We're going to have a Prairie Central girl as one of our Athletes of the Week coming up in Wednesday's News Gazette. Love those uh, Athletes of the Week. The uh, star always takes a selfie with mm-hmm. the team in the background. And it's, uh, really, it's really tough. During winter, because girls' sports, we only have one sport to pick from. Hey, so tough. We're, it's we're great running, for girls' basketball. We're running out of kids. Right? We're running out of kids. Our number uh, four team this week, the Villagrove Heritage Blue Devils. Wow! Blue Devils are 23-5. and five. They've won their last six games. They will face either Schlarman or Georgetown Ridge Farm in the Class 2A St. Joseph Ogden Regional Semifinals. I would really like to see a Villagrove Heritage Schlarman match. No offense to Georgetown. That would be an interesting matchup to me. Our number three team this week, the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. Wow. Blue Devils are 26-5. and five. They're on a nine-game win streak. They're going to face either Monticello or Maroa Forsyth in the Class 2A Maroa Forsyth Regional Semifinals. And our number two team this week is the Sullivan Redskins. Wow. Sullivan is 21-6, and six, lost to Tuscola in a bit of a surprise in their last regular season game. Sullivan's going to draw either Fairfield or Flora in the Class 2A Sullivan Regional Semifinals. Uh, that regional includes undefeated Paris as the number one seed. Should be a good one there. And our number one team this week is the Tri-County Titans. Wow! Titans are 24-5. and They're on a 14-game win streak. Fun little fact, Tri-County was, fo- was supposed to face Schlarman during both teams' win streaks, and then it snowed. So they didn't get to play each other, which is unfortunate. All right, Tri-County trying to get back to that state uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tournament. I guess they're in the state tournament, but get back well, to the Well, yeah, the state, the state-state right. state tournament. But, yeah, that road starts for them against either Martinsville or Casey Westfield in the Class 1A Neoga Regional Semifinals later this week. All right, as always, agree. Uh, it's okay to disagree 
with Colin Likas. Sure is. He hears it from fans all the time. Just don't be mean about it. Right. Just be, <laughs> yell at him nicely at the games, <laughs> or he won't do his cool video highlights of your basketball games. Last week alone, you did what, uh, Central Urbana Girls? Central Urbana Girls, Central Urbana Boys, currently working mm-hmm. on the uh, Class 2A Muhammad Seymour Wrestling Regional oh. video, which is going to be multi-parts because it was a six-hour event or so, so uh, there's a lot of video to go through. The kids get a kick out of it, Colin. They really do. I know this uh, firsthand, and uh, so thank you for uh, for using that cell phone and that camera to, to do those cool video highlights. I'm certainly trying. Tell you what, we're going to take our last break of the night. We'll be back with the much-anticipated Boys Top 10. Now back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. All right, 648, Jim Rosso, Colin Likas. We told you about the two seventh-grade teams from the St. Joe School, or they'll both feed into St. Joseph Ogden. Mm-hmm. So in about four years, watch out. Yeah, All right. exactly. And I, I talked to the, the AD at the Saint, at both schools today, actually, and they said the eighth-grade teams at both schools are really good. That doesn't surprise me. All right. St. Joseph Ogden has a rich history, especially recently, of uh, basketball success. Remember Brandon Trimble over there at mm-hmm. St. Joe and then his, his sister, Bree Trimble? Yeah. Bree Trimble and Peyton Crow now playing at Parkland, doing big things for that women's team. What if they lost like two games, three right. games over there? I mean, they, they, they just know how to win. Yep. Uh, now we're going to put Colin on the spot because each year he uh, not only helps uh, put together our all-area teams for the many, many sports, but he picks players of the year. Which is always tough and nobody ever agrees and because there are so many good players. At one point we, we let our readers know how we go about this process. might mm-hmm. be worth re, uh, regurgitating it, yeah. that story. A lot of it depends on postseason success. Yeah, that's certainly a big, big uh, ideal for it because, I mean, you know, regular season games, coaches always tell me they're very important, but you're all just preparing to the, for the games in February and in March. And the people who show up, the players who show up in February and March are the ones who really stand out when you're picking all area a couple weeks after the playoffs end. So, uh, yeah, th- this is going to get started tonight for Class 1A and 2A girls basketball. The girls this week who lead their teams to regional championships are definitely going to have a little extra oomph behind them when it comes to time to pick a player of the year. All right, let's call these the unofficial player of the year finalists, sure. all right, uh, both boys and girls. Girls, uh, maybe it, they stand out a little more, this, mm-hmm. uh, this select group. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, girls this year who are really kind of do-it-all big presences on their teams. I mean, we had Elise Knudsen in here tonight. She surpassed uh, Brian Cardinal for the all-time scoring lead at Unity Basketball any gender with her 1,813th point. I think she's been held under 15 points one game this year maybe. So, I mean, you you can't – when a team wins 20 games and she does that, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Capriya Brown from Schlarman, Division I athlete going to Dayton, done a lot for that Schlarman team to keep them uh, relevant in Class 2A after the Class 1A jump up. Uh, Caitlin Young going to Murray State as a Division I athlete has done a ton to make Oakwood successful. She's missed two games this year. I think Oakwood lost both those games that she missed. She was sick for one of them and hurt for another one. Uh, Emily Mydell, who we had on tonight, she's done a ton for Bismarck to to uh, to make sure that they're at 26 wins going into the playoffs with a number one seed, no less. And I mean, there's some of these other teams in the area that, you know, they have just a well-balanced cast, and that makes it really hard to pick a player of the year candidate. Teams like Tri-County, teams like Sullivan, teams like St. Joseph Ogden, teams like Ridgeview, which is just outside our top 10. Uh, it's uh, Villagrove Heritage even has a lot of girls who are just really, really good 
good basketball players, and that's not to disparage those teams I mentioned where they have one standout, but that just means that those single girls are standing out so much that they have to be player of the year candidates. Right. On the boys' side, it might be a little trickier. I don't know if anybody's really stepped forward yet and separated themselves. Yeah, it's been extremely tricky. I would say if Danville had stayed at 100%, Tevin Smith would definitely be one of the favorites. Unfortunately, he's been dealing with a knee injury for more than a month now, so that really hampers him. Nathaniel Hoskins, also his teammate, would have been a good candidate, but he was dealing with a, a really bad flu bug for a while, and Danville really, really struggled without those two guys on the court. Uh, team success, team results are important when it comes to picking all-area player of the year. You know, you could have an amazing player on a team that goes 500, but that team ultimately went 500, so it's really tough to pick him as a player of the year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Urbana's got a good, well-rounded cast. Any of those three guys, Jermail Young, Chris Cross, and Bryson Tatum could be could be candidates, I think. Drew Reifstick from Bismarck Henning, that's the only undefeated uh, basketball team we have left in our area. Uh, Tuscola's Jalen Quinn, Division One looks. Illinois is very interested in him. I know he was at Missouri over the weekend. Uh, Purdue's interested in him as well. Grant Coleman, we just had Ryan Bosch on from Muhammad Seymour talking up uh, Grant Coleman. Wisconsin-Milwaukee commit, so he's going D1. It's not to say that you have to be a D1 athlete to win player of the year. That's certainly not the case, but it just shows how good you are. Kendall Moore from Danville, for example, is at Colorado State. Uh, uh, the Finky boys players of the year in the past they're they're all going d1 going to play overseas after they're done at college it definitely helps your resume when you're a d1 player because it obviously means that uh, your talent is so good it can't be passed up by the highest level i like the idea of uh, taking a look at uh, bismarck Kenny and rossville allen if they finish undefeated yeah and they, they've awfully got cool yeah and they've got a really uh, rough schedule these last four regular season games i think they have a good chance at finishing undefeated i think that that's definitely the goal and i do plan to go over to bismarck later this week for excuse me, for a story in Sunday's News Gazette. But yeah, Bismarck closes with Milford, which is a really quality team. They Then they have to play against Rantoul, which they only have five wins on the year, but two of them have been the last two mm-hmm. games, and they're also a bigger school. So that's going to be a tough one for Bismarck. Then you got Salt Fork, which is a rival, so that's always tough. And then they have to go to Armstrong. So, I mean, that's not not an easy end of the regular season. But if Bismarck is 30-0 and at the end of the regular season uh, and Drew Reif sticks at the forefront of that, he's definitely going to be one of the top contenders for player of the year. All right, we haven't mentioned the Eagles much this year on the show, but yeah. I huddled with my I ran tool sources over the weekend, mm-hmm. and they seem genuinely optimistic. Yeah, that's good because they've won their last two games. It makes sense. Uh, they beat uh, – that's Ridgeview's schedule. I was going to say who they beat, and I'm looking one team down. They beat uh, Olympia mm-hmm. uh, and Maroa Forsyth in back-to-back games All by right. single digits. So congrats to the Eagles for getting on the right side. There you go. Never get that program back on its Un- feet. Unfortunately, Rantoul is not in our boys' basketball top ten this week, and I need to pile up a few more wins for, for that to happen. Snubbed. Snubbed, <laughs> but uh, we do have a lot of big school teams in our top ten. Uh, it's getting tough. It's getting tough to rank teams because they all beat each other up, and then then what do you do? So we'll see if people agree with these rankings. They probably won't. There's no new teams this week, but besides the top two, everybody got shuffled up. So a bunch of new spots this week. Let's start out at number ten. We got the Prairie Central Hawks. Wow. Hawks are down four spots this week. They are 20 and 7. They ended a losing streak by defeating Unity and Riverton on back-to-back nights. That Riverton wins a quality win. Riverton was receiving votes in Class 2A in the AP poll. So uh, Prairie Central. Next task is a tough one as well. They face Bloomington Central Catholic at home on Tuesday. Our number 9 team this week also down four spots, the Champaign Central Maroons. 
Wow. Maroons are 12 and 13. They lost close games to Urbana and Chatham Glenwood. Neither of those is a bad loss, but when you're under 500, it's tough to go up in the rankings. Champaign Central will stop at St. Thomas Moore on Tuesday to try, or I'm sorry, later this week on uh, Friday to try and get back in the win column. Our number seven team this, our number eight team this week, the Centennial Chargers. Wow! Centennial is 14 and 11. They have won four in a row, have the Chargers, and they host Peoria and Notre Dame on Friday in Big 12 action. Centennial is up two spots on the week. You keep telling me Notre Dame's good. Yeah. I keep arguing otherwise. We'll you, see. You've seen him in person. Friday night. You've seen him in person? I've, I couldn't remember, honestly, if you ever. Last ever year. Not. Last year. Okay. Fair enough. Our number seven team this week up one spot, the Judah Christian Tribe. Wow. Judah Christian is 20 and four, has not lost in the year 2020. That's a stretch of nine consecutive games. And they face a good challenge to that record against Leroy later this week. Our number six team, the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Wow. Bulldogs are 15 and 10. They're up three spots this week riding high on a four game win streak they will try to make it five but it'll be tough they're facing an urbana team that we'll talk about here in a few moments our number five team this week up two spots the saint joseph ogden spartans wow spartans are 18 and 6 they are on an eight game winning streak that was bolstered by defeating auburn on saturday in the illini prairie sangamo challenge over in tolono saint joe's next game is on the road at rantoul on tuesday our number four team this week, the Tuscola Warriors. Wow! Warriors are down one spot this week at 20-3. and three. They placed third in the Central Illinois Conference Tournament, losing to St. Teresa, but defeating Macon Meridian in third-place game, scoring 91 points in that game to get the job done. Tuscola will try to avenge that loss to St. Teresa when the two meet up on Tuesday in a regular season game. And our number three team this week, the Urbana Tigers. Wow. Urbana is 14 and 11 up one spot this week after defeating Champaign Central and losing by single digits to a Class 4A receiving votes East St. Louis team on the road. Urbana continues to schedule very tough and they nearly pulled off a pretty significant win there. But Urbana's next matchup is against Muhammad Seymour on Tuesday should be a good non-conference game. Our number two team this week no change in their ranking the Paxton Buckley Loda Panthers. Wow! PBL is 22-3 and three after winning the Sangamon Valley Conference Tournament over the weekend. They make a non-conference trip to La Salette in Georgetown this week. All right, I give PBL or Bismarck the best one-two uh, basketball program punch. What do you think? I like Their that. Their girls were conference champs. Their yeah. boys did the same. Not a player of the year candidate on the boys' team from PBL? From Collins? PBL, Trey Van Winkle. Okay, Trey I would Van put Winkle. him up there, actually. Yep, 100%. Trey Van Winkle, thank you for bringing that okay. up. Our number one team this week... The Bismarck heading Rossville Olive and Blue Devils. Wow! Bismarck is 26-0, and 0, still number one after wins over three different Vermilion Valley Conference foes. But as I said, the schedule really ramps up here over the last two weeks of the regular season, starting with Milford on Friday. All right, that top ten will be in tomorrow's print edition. Colin, where are you at this week? All over the place. Okay. Girls basketball. Good answer. Girls basketball regionals in St. Joe and Maroa. That's I'll, the plan. I'll see you here next Monday. Sounds good, Jim. 
Now to wrap this week's Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential. As Jim said, we'll be back next week, same time, same place, here on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. There's a coaches show next. No coaches show next week as the Illini are on the road headed towards Penn State. But they're getting ready down at Papadell's right now to discuss Maryland game on Friday. A couple big games ahead this weekend as well so brian barnhart coach brad underwood ed bond all those good folks ready to go down there we'll talk to you next week